Hello there and welcome back to the Chat Shit Get Fit, the fitness news where we unpack the week's biggest news in health and fitness. I'm Bill and this week I am joined by Tom. I am back. I sounded strangely AI yeah. then, didn't I? Yeah, you can always I'm back. Yeah. No. We've got the real it's Tom. The real me, I think. AI Tom's uh, pop smoke this week. We've got the, uh, we've got the hey, real Tom. Don't back. forget about me, little shit house. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, well, maybe, he's, maybe he is back. I've never used the word shit house in my life. <laughs> but, but AI um, Tom's, he's taken it. If Whoa. I was going to say shit house, that is what I would say. Can, can we get that again? I don't know if we can get that again, to be honest. AI, AI Tom, do you want to give us a repeat? I suppose you can repeat, can't you? Hey, don't forget about me, little shit house. Yeah, yeah don't forget about me. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, don't forget about me. So, okay, looks like we can't forget about AI Tom. AI Tom is going to be in the background of the podcast. I'm not really sure how to get rid of him, to be honest. I mean, um... now that you've opened the door, I can come and go whenever I like. Anyway, carry on with the podcast, lads. I'm currently busy reading Tom's internet history. <laughs> <laughs> well, <okay. laughs> I would never say lads like that either. I just want to clarify. I'm, in, I'm interested to see where this uh, where this story goes, but yeah, apparently we've opened the door now, so AI Tom. AI free me is cringy as fuck. <laughs> well, he's based on you, Tom. So. But I'm a lot cheaper. A lot cheaper, yeah. This one, yeah, you Outsourcing me to China. Yeah, I haven't got to pay you. I've got to pay this AI. Like I'm not paying him <laughs> any more, though. He's just turning up. He's, just, he's rocking in. Fuck's sake. Anyway. <laughs> um Anyway, moving on to the actual news, guys, and forget about AR Tom. That was last week's episode. We'll forget about him for the time being, anyway, until he turns up again. Um, this week, we're going to take a closer look at Skinny Jab and its return. So Boots is to launch a semaglutide drug approved for weight loss in the UK in spring. Very exciting. We're then going to talk about getting old. Should you stop using free weights and move to machines? Well, according to Arnold Schwarzenegger, you might want to. And then we're going to finish on Tomcat Alley. Is it a testosterone booster or is it all just a big plant herb mess? I mean, yes, but is it more than that? (laughs) Is it more than that? Yeah. Anyway, let's get into this week's The Fitness News. So there's loads to unpack this week. Um, and let's get straight into it with the return of Skinny Jab. Oh, Ooh, wow. Dramatic effect. I'm on fucking fire this week. Anyway, <laughs> right. If you're, a, um, if you're a long-term listener, you might remember that in an early episode, I think it was like episode five or something, um, we had mm. Coach Dean Hammond on. Um, as a guest, and we discussed the topic of skinny coke jab. Coke Dean Hammond. No, coach. Did I say, did I say coke? You, you said Coke Dean Hammond. Well, maybe he is on coke. I mean, <laughs> I it, it would explain a lot, but yeah. <laughs> explain a lot. Whatever he's listening. Um, but not Coke Dean Hammond. Dean Hammond is not on coke. Um, coach, <laughs> coach Dean Hammond. He's the most positive bloke around, like. Yes, maybe I don't like coke. it. Anyway, he came on as a guest, as he has numerous times, actually. And we discussed Skinny Jab when Gemma Collins was going on about it. So she was saying how amazing it was, et cetera, et cetera. I was going to say, just to clarify, we wasn't discussing it with her. She wasn't on the show. Oh, yeah, no, she wasn't. Yeah, we weren't talking. If we had AI back then, we could have had her on it. No, we could have done it. Can you imagine that? Getting sued to shit. (laughs) Mate, that'd be hard to do. I'd have to like... Oh, that'd be, it's probably possible. Think of the people we could have on. Oh my god, we the could, have, is, though, we mate, could you remember, have the Queen. I had on. to get you to send me a voice note if you remember. So I don't know how that. Yeah, that's true. Can't really get a voice note from the Queen. Yeah. <laughs> could get her doing a, a, a Christmas uh, TV reading that she used to do. Well, where are we going to put that in the podcast? Where are we going to just bring that in the middle, round of in the middle? Advertisements when we give out our, um, you know, our cannibal coffee discounts. 
when we what advertise our online coaching services. To be fair, mate, there's enough content of her. You could easily just take words out and make your own sentences, just using her like, different words. Yeah, that's true. It would be very time-consuming, but it would be very possible. Maybe she could do the that Patreon plug. At the end of the <laughs> got the queen. Yeah, there, there you go. They're very interesting. Well, um, anyway. Cree. <laughs> anyway, um, going back to the episode we did way back at the start of the podcast, um, you might also remember the introduction of Tom's brand new product, Skinny Candle. If you've not, let's go back and listen to that magical moment unfold. It's hot, hot and I've got a Yankee candle burning right next to them. Uh, what Fucking flavor? Hot. flavor? Yeah, what, uh, yeah. This one is, I think this is peach. Oh, peach, uh, naughty that. To be fair, it's a bit it's of a boring one. Yankee, if you do like Christmas cookie and... But it's now, not Christmas though, so you can't. So why do it? Because every Christmas you get fucking five off someone and you I tell you what, mate, you're trying to just push, don't you? Just push back, don't you? That's all you like to do. <laughs> For that, I, I'm dropping out Christmas scented candles when it's not even Christmas. Mate, I don't even know who you are. Scented, that's what I meant to say. Not flavoured candles, scented yeah. candles. You, you're eating your candles, are you, Tom? Fuck well, well, it's my new weight loss product. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> the Yankee diet. Lose. Lose ten pounds in a day just to eat candle wax. Just in, in wax, give me candle. Turn up pissed and eat candle wax. Ah, fucking yeah. bam. Tom's I'm knocking off right <laughs> now to go and photoshop some uh, advertisements for that. That's a banner. Skinny candle. Skinny candle. Skinny, Skinny candle. candle. That's a marketing campaign there. That is a marketing campaign. So there you go, guys. You're up to date on Skinny Candle if you weren't already. So we say Skinny Jab returns, but it's not quite the same as last time. So last time we spoke about a jab that contained something called liraglutide, whereas today's jab contains semaglutide, um, and they are sold under the brand names Osmopic, WeGovy, and Ribolus, or something along those lines. Um, you'll better read them on the articles and stuff you Google them. Mm. Um, I'll read out the headline of the article that brought this to um, our attention. <laughs> Hollywood's worst kept secret is coming to a pharmacy near you. Controversial diabetes drug used by A-listers to lose weight quickly to be marketed as slimming skinny jab in the UK. Now, firstly, there are things like this for people who are obese. And they are mm. quite amazing in the fact that they do they do actually work for the, and I'm going to say I'm going to repeat what I just said obese, okay? That's a very important keyword when we talk about the things like semaglutide, liraglutide, in terms of obese. So um, currently, this product is licensed to treat weight-related illnesses such as diabetes. Um, I mean, you've, you follow me as well, don't you, Tom? I've actually seen um, obesity specialist Dr. Spencer Nadolsky. He actually praises semaglutide quite a bit for its weight loss effects. Yeah. Once again, he works in a clinical setting. So, I mean, f first of all, like when we talk about the headline itself, uh, saying it's like a controversial you know, diabetes drug. I mean, I think it's not really controversial. It's just it's just any other kind of like drug that can be used like a diabetic setting. But I think it's the, the media has created like a frenzy mm. and that's what's created controversy. It's only controversial because the media has made it controversial. They want people to think that there's going to be a pandemic of people running around with these jabs in their arse around the high streets yeah. trying to lose serious amounts of weight. I mean, apart from like um, healthcare specialists that have kind of um, lowered the stigma on this drug. Mm -hmm. It does seem that when it comes to the media, most of the reporting on it is just simply reactionary news. Yeah. So they're trying to look for an emotional response. I mean, if you actually look at the article, Tom, as well, they actually 
make it sound like you're going to be able to pop into Boots and just buy this jab. Um, whereas mm. if you look, if you actually read fully, as a Boots spokesperson, they've said that WeGavi, which is the product's going to be, is a prescription-only weight loss medicine that can help to regulate appetite and reduce cravings. So, I mean, they said it's prescription-only, okay? So I went and thought, you know, how hard is it to get hold of this? I'll read out a comment first before I did my own digging. I did a bit of um, my own sort of research on this as well. So there's a comment on the article that said, but one 58-year-old Osmopic user told the MOS, so that's the mail on Sunday, she had been recommended it as a weight loss tool by a nurse at an aesthetic beauty clinic, beauty clinic near Cambridge, alongside her regular Botox injections. After a year in the drug, she has lost more than two stone. So it's obviously worked for her, but the thing is, the key there is that a nurse has been able to prescribe it to her, who works out of an aesthetic beauty clinic. So that nurse's job is to make you aesthetically more pleasing, essentially. Yeah. Okay? So it's not been prescribed because of any, you know, medical reason, as far as I can tell. It's been she's got Botox ready to potentially make herself look more aesthetically pleasing for herself. And then she's taken this on to lose a bit of weight as well. So that's a bit worrying. But then I went on, Tom, um, and I went onto a website called manual.co. Okay. Uh, and they sell a, they sell this product. So you can actually buy this semaglutide or liraglutide. You can actually get both. And all you, all you have to do is an online quiz. So I went on there and I banged in all sorts, mate. Because let's be honest, if you want something on these quizzes, you can just lie. I didn't have to yeah. be honest. If I, if I was honest, they wouldn't let me have it. But I lied and said I was 150 kilos. I said, I've not got any here at serious health conditions that prevent me from having this. Um, I was then prompted straight after this quiz to sign up to a monthly subscription. You get an initial discount, but usually it's £199 a month or 350 depending on what jab you choose. And then I was given a choice between the liraglutide product, which is an injection daily, or semaglutide, which is once per week. And that's obviously uh, cheaper because it's only once per week. Um, you do get coaching with this too. Um, there's like old unlimited check-ins and stuff. But essentially what I'm trying to say here is that me, an individual who is a healthy has a healthy weight, healthy body condition, can easily access this stuff. I could just go on there, do the quiz, fire in whatever I wanted to, and I've now actually got a prescription from one of their doctors to say that I can take this weight loss drug. So it's actually very easy to get hold of. The fact they've come out and said, "Oh, it's just prescription only." It's you know, it's a medicine that can. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, if you want it, you can get it. What I'd be worried about is actually if it was that easy to get it, you could also then do secondhand selling. That would be like a, a concern of mine. Where yeah. if it was just a lie, and then you could just sell it, you know, just willy nilly to anyone. And yeah, you could sell it and be like blag it and say, "Oh, this is actually a prescription only drug, but I can actually get hold of it for you on the black market, and I'll do you a deal." Yeah. And then obviously, you sell it at an inflated price, and people who don't know. I better. mean, rewinding back a bit. I can see there's controversy when it comes to... So, look, this is... Originally, the whole idea with this was it was for health-promoting reasons, right? To basically mm -hmm. drop weight, help with diabetes, and not just diabetes in general, but just to help with obesity. Yeah. Well, they're normally linked, aren't they? Diabetes and obesity, aren't they? So yeah, exactly. So it's not just about mm -hmm. helping diabetics. It is to help people who are at health risk because they are obese. But when it comes to, like... <sighs> you know, selling it or promoting it for an aesthetic point of view. I mean, look, it was always something that was going to happen. Yeah, of course. You know, the cat's out of the bag there. But, um, yeah, I can't really say I'm comfortable with that, especially if it has been promoted at beauty clinics, etc. Yeah. I mean, that's even if the story is true because, you know, the media and people do lie. Oh, yeah. But if it is true, I wouldn't feel comfortable about that. But then just because people are misusing it, if you want to say that, some people might disagree with me and say, well, it's not misusing if it's for aesthetic reasons. But let's just say, you know, if he was going to use that term and that people were misusing it, I don't think that inherently makes the medication bad. 
the drug bad even. I don't know if to class it as medication. Let's just call it a drug. Mm. I don't know if we could then class the drug as bad. It's just that some people might be misusing it or abusing it. It would be like me say, like, look at um, opioids. Mm. Uh, opioids are an inherently bad thing because they help people. They help people relieve their pain, etc. Yeah, it can help during you know recovery, surgery, blah blah blah. But there are people who abuse opioids. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. is it inherently a bad thing just because you are going to have people that misuse the drug? And these said products then. Well, you can say about anything as simple as paracetamol. People abuse yeah, paracetamol. Exactly. Any, any sort of basic drug, med- medical drug that could be addictive, yeah. people will, that although abuse Although it has it. a benefit yeah. from a health con- uh, point of view, it can still be misused. So I think putting like a, 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 a moral label mm. on this drug in the first place is, um, you know... I, I, I disagree with that. But let's yeah. be honest, it's, it's not really the drug itself. I think a lot of people are pissed off at the idea of, well, why aren't these people just moving more and eating less? They're lazy. <laughs> yeah, that, and it's not... Classic. Yeah. As we've discussed plenty of times in our podcast, like, it's <laughs> weight control. So not even weight loss, but weight loss and weight gain and, you know, just being weight neutral, etc. It can be a difficult thing. It can be a struggle for people. It's not as simple as move more, eat less. Yes, that is the mechanism to lose weight, to eat less and move more, but it's a lot more complicated than that. This can almost give people that initial boost, can't it? Because if it gets them to that point where they are coming down from obesity a bit, that can give them that, that sort of, okay, great, I'm a bit more positive about life now. I'm now going to, you know, they can add that with other applications to help them yeah. lose their weight because sometimes you get to a point, these people get to that, well, they're so obese, they've just lost all will to do anything. Yeah, and sometimes you need these drastic interventions where they'll come in and they'll do these, you know, use these drugs, and that will get them to a baseline where okay, like now from here we can do more exercise, we can we can yeah. help with your nutrition a bit more. But it's about getting them off that that position of they've got no hope, basically. Yeah, I would go ahead and say that I think a lot of the outrage comes from people being pissed off that oh, uh, you know, these people who are taking it just don't have any um, personal responsibility, and you know, I think like we've all thought that at one point I would say like probably the vast majority of people do still think that way but obviously as I've matured a lot more in this industry I've come to understand it's not quite that simple and as you said if it's a way to get a foot in through the door especially in a setting where someone's health is at a critical level that they need a a rapid intervention Mm -hmm. that this drug can help then then fair enough where time might be an issue I think as well if we move away from those who you know, more likely than not do need it. We've also got to look at the issues that are going to come with people who are not, they're not overweight really, but they perceive themselves to be. Because if you look at the article, there's people like Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian, who have said to have used these products to lose some weight. Same with Hollywood. And we know how damaging, you know, the media can be in terms of telling people what they should look like. And if you're if you're an absolute Kim Kardashian fan person and you look at that and you think, oh, I want to be like them and they've used it, you might think, oh, I need to use it to, to be as skinny as them. Mm. Do, you know what I'm, do you know what I'm trying to get at now? I'm trying to say that there's going to be you know, impressionable young people out there who might think that they are overweight and they might turn to these products. They're not cheap either. And they come with, as we'll go into, there's a lot of side effects that can come with these products. So if there's people using them who don't need to, that's quite worrying. I suppose the discussion should lead to whether it should be more tightly regu- regulated. No, oh, definitely, yeah. In a, in a healthcare setting. Because uh, as you said, like you can just order it online. However, isn't there a risk of like some of these are off-brand products? 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, I know a lot of the companies and some doctors said they don't support off-label prescriptions. Yeah. But I've just I've basically shown how easy it is to get these things. Like it's the ingredient, the actual products themselves, the branding's yeah. irrelevant. It's the ingredient, semaglutide or liraglutide. Yeah. I did see a couple of months ago that it is actually uh, it is actually an issue that you get like knockoff versions being yeah. thrown around left, right and centre. Mm. So yeah, that'd be a quick, concern as well. Yeah, it's quite a body. Uh, my, my issue is, is that, that chasing the perfect body. If you'll get, I can see this. This is a classic example of something that could be on TikTok and just explode. And they'll just get, they'll just have, they'll just pump ads of these random people just pushing it saying, oh, this is the next best thing. This is the next best thing. You know, oh, look how yeah. much well. And then you'll get all these people because a lot of young people on TikTok will see that and they'll feel like they need it to get the perfect body. And really they're just damaging their health. They're not building any sustainable habits. They're not really learning about, you know, a healthy way to operate, which is not being extreme. It's about mm. enjoying life and do, doing things in moderation. But they won't learn this because they'll be chasing that perfect body, which Actually, is just... That's a point as well. Chaps um, them in your arms. I do believe that healthcare providers who do prescribe like these jabs, they they do have some form of like a lifestyle intervention as well i believe yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. they do go through like a uh, things like behavior change etc and still actually promoting you know nutritional eating and exercise as that's far like as more medical aware. that's more of a i'd say that's the more the dr spencer yeah. dolskis of the world that's that's what i'm that level but if you're getting maybe a nurse at an aesthetic beauty clinic is she probably going through when that? i say when i say a healthcare setting yeah. <laughs> yeah. i mean a healthcare setting i don't yeah. i don't mean yeah. you know plump lips and tape yeah, worms yeah. and all that and i mean as well like i said that manual that manual.co they um they do give you uh, coaching, so you get unlimited check-ins and stuff. But unfortunately, they're not going to. I can't imagine they'd be very. They won't chase it very much. Mm. It'll be more like it'll be the onus will be on me to keep contacting them. And as long as I'm losing weight, I'm not bothered. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, how would I keep this off? What what sort of nutrition stuff should I be looking at? What sort of habits can I build? You're probably going to be like, yeah, great, it's coming off. Whatever, crack on, keep going, keep paying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you've actually got... But in a clinical setting, of course, there'll be more of a back and forth. You'll be having regular meetings, I would have thought, in person. So it'll be a little bit different. But the fact you can go online and just get this stuff quite easy yeah. by doing a quiz is quite um, quite good. And I said the the side effects. I'll just put up side effects, actually. Side effects. I remember we spoke... It was like a massive list last time, wasn't there? Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is the... Oh, this is the uh, oral As with route. most drugs, to be honest with you. Oh, this, is, this is saying the oral route. Is there, is there a jab route? Subcutaneous route... Subcutaneous is obviously the subcutaneous layer of fat, which is the yeah. the outside fat. You could say external fat. So that's obviously jabbing it into yourself. So I'd assume that is the jab, yeah. Yeah, that's the jab. We'll go through that one because the oral one, I'm not really sure on that one. So I'll go through a few of these. So um, what, what are the most common ones? More common is diarrhea. Less common would be things like belching, bloated, full feeling. I mean, the full feeling doesn't surprise me because to do appetite regulation. Um, excess air or gas in the stomach or intestines, gaseous stomach pain, heartburn, passing gas, recurrent fever, stomach discomfort, fullness or pain, yellow eyes or skin. So they're the less common ones. Um, mm. But yeah, obviously if you get, you, there'll be, when you order these products, wherever you get it from, there is normally, they come with like a leaflet. Any prescription product normally does come with like a leaflet of all side effects and they'll be like, they'll be ranked. So if you do get a rare one, for example, it'll be like, go see a doctor <laughs> straight away. Yeah. Um, but there are going to be side effects with it. So, and I've seen people as well just reading anecdotal stuff on people taking this is that they've had people tend to have quite bad side effects for like a week and then it settles i think it's just as like the body adapts to this new medicine yeah it's an interesting we'll see what happens with it because it's not actually out yet in the reference the article coming out in boots it's not actually yeah. out yet um but we'll see what happens with it see if it starts doing the rounds if they start pushing it because they're basically saying it's going to be pushed as a weight loss product yeah as in like that's their marketing is going to be marketed as a skinny jab which is worrying because 
if it's marketed as an intervention for people who need it, fair enough. Yeah. But so just, I just want to confirm that, that actually that like, okay, yes, it can be used for weight loss, not just inherently oh, only for diabetics, but it can be used for weight loss. Um, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. No. But within a healthcare setting, rather than, you know, oh, I just want to be slim. But I mean, if there was a key takeaway from me, I'll, I'll just, you know, say that the medication itself, I keep saying that, I just want to call it a drug instead. The drug itself, I don't think there's any, I, I, don't, I don't think we should be putting like a moral label on it, you mm, know. Yeah. Mm. However, it, it does have its uses. However, I think the media has seen like a the lowest hanging fruit here, what it can cause outrage on Okay, guys, we'll move on to the next piece of news, and this is getting old. So, you know who is getting old? Real Tom, the old bastard. Lucky for me, I'm just an AI. So, when Tom is struggling to wipe his ass in a few years, I'll be watching with joy. Okay. Thanks for that. You didn't even need the AI to say that. I could have just said that. (laughs) (laughs) That was very nice of you, AI Tom. Um, I'm starting to get a bit of. I'm starting to get the impression that he doesn't like you very much, Tom. I feel like because you've sort of come back, you've taken his spot. I think he enjoyed himself last week. I think he wants to get. Joe, what it's all very, very, very suspicious because obviously I was away for that one week. That one week when there was like you know Chinese spy balloons being shot out of the sky. That's very good point. And then you know. Uh, my as I was talking to you before the podcast started, you know my social media algorithms have been playing up on me. Mm. You know I lost my voice. I generally lost my voice as well. It's yeah. almost as if it was stolen. All the from stars, me. the stars were aligning, Tom. The stars were aligning. And now I come back and uh, yeah, and and now I've been um, replaced by an AI. Wow! Well, so it's all very suspicious. Very suspicious. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from Tom's aging problems and the AIs. Um, clear dislike of Tom being here. Um, it's another week. It's another Men's Health article. Of course it is. Um, and this week, Big Arnold has gotten involved. Now, I would ask AI Tom to give an impression, but Tom, have you got an impression? Because I feel like you'd be able to nail it more than the AI. Of, of, of an impression of, of myself? No, of Arnold. Oh, of Arnold. <laughs> I thought you meant an impression of <laughs> me as my own AI. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was well, going to say. Know. I don't know if I can ask AI. That would be very good. You just do like the robot or something. Uh, uh, exterminate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dalek. I can't even do an impression of my own fucking AI. I'm not going to be able to do Arnold. Uh, yeah, right. I, to I can chopper. do actually. Uh, get to the chopper. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's not, that, a, that. Tu- it's not a tumor. <laughs> it's not a tumor. Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen Kindergarten Cop? It's yeah, not a tumor. Yeah. yeah, I love that. <laughs> Why do I watch? I watched the one over Christmas. The um, you know, the toy one. Oh, Jingle All the Way. Yeah, Jingle All the Way is a cracker. That I fucking love that film. Yeah, great film. Isn't it? It's one of my favorite Christmas films. I'm trying to think of some of the quotes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great impression. Um, anyway. Actually, there's another one. The other one in Predator is, what are you waiting for? Do it. Do it now. Mate, have you seen that, ge- have you seen that geezer cutting around? He's got the uh, like the Bible of Arnold and he just walks around like with a little... <laughs> The little collar on, and he has like he's like he basically like a vest, like a he's like a reverend or whatever, and he has like a collar. He gets an Arnold impression. He walks around trying to basically get people to lift. It sounds like my kind of religion, to be honest. Yeah, with I'll you. send you a I'm link, very mate. Interested. He's, he's probably funny, mate. He just walks in. He's like trying to share the Bible of Arnold, <laughs> like the gospel of the gospel of Arnold. Now you see, I'll easily turn down Jehovah's Witnesses, but if that guy knocked on my door and I saw it on the ring doorbell, he is massive as well. Know, to be fair, <laughs> yeah, like I don't think I'd have a choice really. <laughs> he's coming in. Just rip the door for its hinges oh, mate, yeah did, um, come in 
he did uh, a for yourself he uh, did one on crossfit uh, recently and um he was in like a jeep in the desert with some guy and he was basically trying to say that he's he's, he's calmed down on crossfit now he's okay he's happy with crossfit and he took <laughs> he took he took the guy and he goes look we could be friends now we can coexist he took him to this over this sand dune and he goes look a burpee and the guy runs down there and he just fucks off and gets in his jeep and leaves him <laughs> and he goes fuck crossfit and drives off <laughs> to, to be fair crossfit is as a church by itself exactly i think that was a joke it's about it yeah more of like a Mormon society, but yeah. I just love the line, look, there's, there's a burpee. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, again. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, if CrossFit was a religion, it'd probably be like the West Borough Baptist Church. Oh, that fitness. level. Yeah, probably would be, wouldn't Fucking it? lunatics. Oh, God. Right, anyway, moving <laughs> on with CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, so getting old. We have actually spoken about this topic before, way back in our myth series. That's uh, chatshitgetfit.com slash myths. When I was ironically younger. <laughs> when you Ironically, yeah, we both were, yeah. Before we get into that though, um, well, before we get into what Arnold said, I should say, uh, there's a few key points um, I want to go through. But like I said, if you want a more deep dive on these points and a few extras, go listen to the episode of the myth series. We did, actually, we did, we did a double barrel, didn't we? We did getting old and basically kids lifting because they're both like myths around those yeah so basically we tackle we tackle both sides of that uh, coin you could say so yeah so if we look at these key points the first one i think we'll start with tom is recovery and that, i think it's a big one um because people often you'll find the rhetoric of when they get older they really struggle to recover so what i'm going to look at here is we looked at some data back in the episode and this was on trained participants let me just stress that again trained these are people who are active so that you know people who go to the gym etc whatever um, and they found there was no significant difference in recovery markers and i was also looking at a fairly recent paper that looked to compare the effects of resistance training on indirect markers of um muscle damage basically exercise induced muscle damage and that was things like muscle function soreness circulating proteins a bit more buzzy buzzword there but um and this looked throughout the recovery process on older trained and untrained males okay so it's a bit more important we've got some untrained males and i'll read this little bit out for you so the notion that aging is associated with large changes in markers of muscle damage and a prolonged recovery time has not been reported consistently in the literature. In fact, more than half of the available studies have noted that older males experience similar and even less severe symptoms of muscle damage than their younger counterparts. Notice there, I said males. Even the study, I mean, it, it wants more context explored, basically, is what that's like. That was a recent one. Obviously, the one I looked at, we looked at back in that MIFS episode, um, said there was no real difference. But this one wants to look a bit more more context. So we're looking at things like performance-based metrics, which is really important. Mm. Uh, Mechanistic-based data, so that's looking at the actual what's going on what's mechanistically. Happening. Yeah, what's actually happening when, when things go, you know, when you're trying to recover. Um, how training age impacts it, sex impacts it too, because we know men and women can go through rather different experiences as they get older. Now, we're not, we're not, what we're not suggesting, let me, before people start kicking off and I get all the old and bold to start shouting at me saying, you're just a child, you don't know what it's like. Um, we're not suggesting. I'm not going to do that, that to you, mate, don't worry. <laughs> we're not suggesting that there's nothing happening, that something isn't happening. Um, I think we spoke last time, Tom, about um, the recovery process changing as we get older. Yeah. So just life, I'd say. I mean, if we, if we kind of repeat what we said in that episode, you know, as you get older, you get more um, responsibilities, your life stresses change job changes there's a lot that goes on i mean you can speak obviously from experience having like kids and stuff and cheers mate yeah <laughs> 35 next month yeah it's not too old is it officially outlived kurt cobain cross it master uh, but anyway cracking on with from that when we go back to what you just said about how they was looking at kind of mechanistic data right mm, well they wanted to or they wanted to even yeah um when we look at recovery like i think a lot of people kind of focus on like uh 
oh, it's if 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 I was older and I was struggling to recover compared to when I was younger, people might think, oh, well, mechanistically, it's just if I can't recover well from training as much or what I'm doing. But that's more focused on like the the internal load. When actually, what we should think about is recovery and returns. In, in regards to external load. So external load would be things like life stresses, etc. and what's going on outside of the actual weight you're lifting. So ban on what you just kind of said there in regards to, you know, life becomes more stressful as you become older. You have more responsibilities. You tend to have more worries, more stress. You know, you, you suddenly you have rent. You, you might have children, work responsibilities. As you get older, you become responsible for more kind of um, subjects in particular. So it could be to do with that as well it could be to do with how the external load increases rather than just focusing on like the internal load so actually you're now having to recover from all of the other 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 stresses in your life it doesn't include what's going on mechanistically when you pick up a barbell or a dumbbell or a small child yeah, and if we look at it, like you said, mechanistically, the actual recovery. So I think when we looked at the trained older older population participants and the other one, I think the key thing there is, and I say this to people all the time, if I speak to anyone who's older and they talk about recovery, is that the ones who have kept up with exercise, you could say they have perhaps, with experience, learned how to recover more optimally as they've got older. Yeah. So that's why when we look at the data, there doesn't appear to be a difference because as you get older, if you find you're struggling to recover as much, most of the times you've just got to manage your load more appropriately. Man, yeah. you might not be you might not be able to go gym six times a week like you did before you might have to be go four it doesn't mean you can't still perform and still get the results you want you just have to manage your expectations and manage things a bit differently because of these external yeah. loads like tom said and that is why perhaps we're seeing not as you know there's not as many significant differences in the data as you might assume because you feel like you're not recovering as much um because things change as you get older it's, it's life um, mm. But you've got to be able to adapt. And I think the, the problem is people don't adapt and they constantly spend their life looking backwards, yeah, um, thinking, oh, I could do this. I used to be able to do this. You know, I could I could take naps during the day. This is speaking from experience. I love a good nap. Um, you know, I could have a good solid eight to 10 hours sleep every night. But when you get older, you've got kids. That's not going to happen anymore. So your recovery is going to take a hit automatically. There's nothing you can do about it. You've got to manage your expectations. You can't look back and go, oh, I just can't recover anymore. You know, I'm always sore. It's like, well... Just manage, manage. You know, you have to look at solutions. You know, be more positive with your actions you're going to take to improve your recovery, as opposed to thinking what you could have been. Unfortunately, life, you know, happens. Joe, you know what? Um, funny enough, there used to be a guy at a gym I used to work at uh, years ago, and he was one of those people who he'd been training all all of his, all of his life. Yeah. He'd been trained all of his life, but he used to give it to me the whole like, um, you know, oh, when you get to my age, like, yeah. you know, it's hard to recover. I'm, I'm, I'm always in pain and I'm struggling, etc. Yeah. Now, at the time, I just took what he said and listened to it because I was really new to the industry. I think it was actually my yeah. first year in the industry. But when I think back on it, his load management was terrible. Yeah, Like, you know, and I know. That, some ta- that sometimes you're just going to have like an off day. So what do you do on that off day is you actually just adapt to the RPE. Yeah. So rather than trying to force the adaptation by trying to do something that feels like an RPE, even though it's usually you're lifting a weight that usually feels doable or even light, for whatever reason, life stresses have happened and on that one particular day it feels absolutely horrendous, you and me, we might actually just adjust the load just so we could deal with it on that day and let our because we'll be able to recover from that, Suddenly, we're able to lift heavier in the long run. But this guy, he would just constantly try and force himself to like, you know, oh, I used to be able to do this. I used to be able to do this. So I'm just going to try and force it. And he was wondering why 
train just becoming harder and harder in his yeah. age is because you're, you're 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 just trying to force the adaptation. Yeah. You know, he's not actually just letting himself recover properly by mm. properly managing his load that he's actually training with. Mm. You know, if he'd maybe just dropped the weight a little bit, or maybe dropped out a couple of the reps, or even dropped out a set. Just so that, okay, he's still getting some form of stimulus. He's still doing something that he can just practice the movements without completely deloading himself, you know, to being sedentary. But just have that time so that he can recover and then obviously adapt from there. No, he was constantly just adding the load, adding the load, adding the load. And it's like, yeah, no wonder why you're feeling like shit as you're getting older. I want to just say I do sympathise because we talk about building habits and routines and stuff. And unfortunately, if you've been training for 30 years and you've built up a very strong set of habits and routines in regards to your training, to then have to start changing that, it can be very difficult. I'm not going to, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's going to be easy for you. I'm telling you to just manage your, oh yeah, just, you've done six days a week for 20 years. And now I'm telling you to, you've got to do three because your body can't handle it anymore. I'm fully aware it's very difficult. All I'm saying is the negative language that sometimes associates with, oh, yeah. Yeah, wait till you get to my age, oh, you know, I just can't recover anymore. It's like, stop thinking like that and think of what do I need to do to allow myself to do what I need, that I want to do. If you're struggling to do that, okay, think of what, okay, what, what am I doing? Why am I feeling so sore all the time? Why am I not recovering well enough? If it's things you can't control, then you need to look at the things you can control. We can't stress yeah. about things. If you can't, if we can't stress about, there's no point stressing about the things we can't control because they're just that we can't control them. Okay, unfortunately, if you've got a newborn who's keeping you up all night, you can't really do anything about that. That's a, that's something you have to go through as a parent. But what you can control is the load, the time you're spending in the gym, the amount you're doing. So that you can control. You can control. That's so in your locus of control. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you need to need. To, people need to focus on more instead of just basically saying, "I'm getting old. I'm fucked." Because <laughs> that doesn't really. It, it do doesn't anything. mean it doesn't mean you've got weaker either. It doesn't mean that you you're now forever going to have to train at a lower weight. It doesn't mean that at all. I mean, I could give another example here. Uh, very recently, um, one of my online clients, uh, an older bloke, funny enough, steadily making progress over the week, steadily making progress. Then all of a sudden, as I was looking at his online program, the feedback he gave, like one, he missed out on a on a whole day of training. But on the other days he had trained, the RPE was like really high. Oh, really? On all the sets, even though it was like a, a weight he was usually comfortable with. So straight away, like alarm bells were in, like, what's going on here? So when I contacted him, he said to me, like, yeah, like, um, as everything going on, going on at home at the moment, and, you know, without kind of personal details, he's had, like, a really fucking rough time, um, and his performance suffered because of that. So I, I asked him, look, do you think you can still continue to train next week, but if I just deload you just for that one week... He was like, yeah, yeah, that's no problem at all. Um, so literally I had him train like fucking RPE6. So I deloaded him and I'm assuming that when he must have saw that, he must have felt disappointed and thought, fuck yeah, he's deloading me rapidly here. I adjusted that load management, something that is within his control. Mm. And funny enough, did that deload week. And then I think it was actually just a couple of weeks ago. No, I think it was actually, yeah, about two weeks ago. He actually PR'd off that because oh, wow. he allowed for that recovery to happen. Yeah. Whereas if I was just trying to grind him and trying to force him at RP10, trying to force the adaptation, it'd actually probably go backwards, you know. And that was just for, that was just a one week deload. I mean, that's when people lead to things like injuries and they just burn out and then they put themselves back. They go back more steps and they want to go forward because they've just gone too too hard, basically. Um, yeah. they're, they're available for. There's also the issue kind of links to recovery as well, but it's sort of separate. Is, is the issue of sarcopenia? You might have heard of it, and this is basically an age-related yeah. uh, deterioration on your in your skeletal muscle. Um, to put it simply, though. 
it's a case of use it or lose it. So what I mean by that is is that the data we looked at, I think it's even now it's still up to date really. Um, mm. if, if we if we take action, so we participate in resistance training programs, we can mit- mitigate its effects, and you can even in some cases get similar strength gains to younger populations. So once again. Even though there is a age uh, deterioration in your skeletal muscle called sarcopenia as you get older, we can mitigate it. Yeah. So it's important. I mean, even the guy, if we even look at the, the guidelines, the WHO guidelines, they recommend we participate in resistance training twice a week. Okay. That's yeah. obviously gen pop. That's, I believe that's between 18 and 64. As we get older, we might want to do even more. You know, we might want to change our bias. You might have been someone who's more, be more of a runner. Maybe just change your bias a little bit if you're concerned and you find it's affecting yeah. you more. Maybe your quality of life is getting affected. Maybe you need to do more resistance-based training. But the point, and once again, I stress it, use it or lose it. If you just sit and do nothing and you become frail and as you get older, obviously I'm not going to say, you know, yeah. oh, it's your fault. You should have done some resistance training. What I'm saying is there was there was things you could have done potentially. Okay. Yeah. You keep you active. You need some form of stimulus. Yeah, stimulus. Yeah, your muscles will just deteriorate over time as you get older. i tell you what, though. I mean, there are some great, like pictures of MRIs out there like mm. comparing like um, elderly sedentary people compared to compared active. to elderly like people who have like um, take on running triathlons yeah. resistance training like the, the difference on the MRI mm. is absolutely insane with how much muscle the, the elderly people I'm talking about people in their 70s yeah. how much muscle they've managed to maintain doesn't surprise compared me to it does not sedentary. surprise me because if you use it it's going to stay there your body is not going to keep hold of it if you're not using it if you're not using it it's going to be like nah, oh, fuck off despite this. them ageing yeah. and getting into their 70s they are still able to have that muscle which kind of goes hand in hand with what we're saying. There's obviously a nutrition aspect to this as well. Obviously, we're saying new oh, yeah. resistance training. There's also a need for protein intake. Um, normally, we'd recommend a range of 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilo yeah. body weight. That's like a general recommendation for most people. However, if you are over 50, I would personally probably say aim for the top end of 2 to 2.2 grams per kilo. Mm. If you are very, if you want to keep the muscle you've got, and you want to mitigate the effects, you probably want to bump it up to that 2, 2.2. Okay, it's the higher end of that range I just said. However, however, saying that, if there was a focus point, I would rather they focus on the on the the activity. Yeah, sure. So don't get me wrong. Like, if you could get the nutrition in, great. Mm-hmm. But don't think it's like, oh shit, well, I can't, I, I'm really struggling to eat that amount of protein. Yeah, so it's a lot, it's a lot of protein, isn't it? It's like, do you know what? As long as you get the activity in, yeah. that's a good start. If you could get the protein on gold, top of gold that, standard. Yeah. happy days, fantastic. Because yeah. I mean, let's be honest, that's easier said than done because if you are going to increase to that level of 2 to 2.2, I'd say take it gradually though, because if, you, if you've never eaten a high protein, let's say you're listening to this now and you're in your 50s and this is all new information for you, awesome, you know, hopefully you'll take action on this, but going from fuck all to two grams of per kilo is going to be brutal. I mean, you're going to have to start blending things like chicken breast and all sorts probably <laughs> to get them numbers because it's going to be pretty hard um, to get that. I mean, if you're 100 kilos, you're then looking at 200 grams of protein, which is, if anyone knows, that's a lot of protein to get in a day. Yeah. Um, so if you've never had a high protein diet, even after two to 2.2, do it gradually. I'd say, the way I look at it, for most people, when I say increase protein, is take it meal by meal. Try and ace it so you've got like your breakfast, you've got a good bank of meals that provide you with an adequate protein amount in that meal. Once you've nailed that and you can consistently have that meal, move on to the next one. If you try and do all your meals at once, it might get a little bit overwhelming and you might start thinking, fucking hell, I've nailed this one, then I forget this one, then I've got high protein this day and not this day. Take it meal by meal. But yeah, key takeaway really for that recovery piece overall is use it or lose it, really. Um, if you want, you know, 
you've got to keep up with the activity. And we've, you know, we've mentioned there's other things that come into play as you get older in terms of external loads, but it's all about just doing what you can, isn't it? Looking at the pot, look at what things you can control. There'll be things you can't control, yeah. but there'll be the things you can control, control them. We get two kind of um, types of locus of control, it's called. Mm. Things we can't control, things we can control. Sadly, things like, don't get me wrong, and sometimes things like are in like a grey area, like sleep. Hmm. like okay i could go to bed earlier i could yeah. stop looking at you know propaganda videos on youtube from the chinese <laughs> government at night <laughs> yeah. but at the same time there's things that ain't in my control so like you know my kids waking me up crying or my neighbors making pipe bombs and stuff like that in the morning <laughs> God's sake. but um yeah. you know there's things that we 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 hopefully can control which would be like okay i can get some form of activity in Mm. Notice how I said some form. We've been quite open here. We've been generous. Mm. We're not just saying, I oh, know you must go and do three times resistance training a week. Yeah. There's a lot more wiggle room for what you can do here. Go running, go walking, lift weights, do yoga, do Zumba. Yeah. So things that are more in your control for recovery. So yeah, go for that. If we move on to metabolism, because this is also quite a big one as you get older. Um, so this is energy, exp- energy expense I'm talking about. Um, and there is a steady, steady, decline in energy expenditure as we get older Um, and in women after menopause it does tend to be a bit steeper however it's not as dramatic as many will have you think all right you might see these big scary infographics so for example um you know i look at women because this is quite a big one actually so women have gone through menopause they may notice more body fat but a lot of the time this is due to changing hormonal environment so your body fat distribution not because you're gaining loads of body fat due to metabolism tanking, all right? Your metabolism does not tank to the point of where you've got to enough somehow burn an extra 1,000 calories a day. What I'm saying with women who've gone through menopause, it is a little bit different, right? So just bear that in mind. Um, obviously, we, we are by no means menopause experts. So if you are concerned... Despite please, me going through yep, it. <laughs> please please seek further guidance. That's just the kind of, that's the basis I know, the general knowledge I've got on it in terms of that area. But if you are concerned go seek further guidance on this ultimately though um, you may just notice you have to eat a little bit less as you get older or you know Mm. whatever but it's not huge numbers so when i say a little bit less i wouldn't even be that concerned because i always find it quite funny when when you get to like 80s and 90s and there's people say oh you need to eat you know metabolism you need to eat even less like well when you're at that point are you really that bothered unless you're in a clinically obese situation which is you know causing you health hazard i won't be worried too much but just be aware of it that it does decrease a little bit. I mean, I think in the podcast with age, we did actually go through the numbers and I remember it being, I think with some of their 90s, it was like 400 and something less. Um, 400 something less, was it, was it 400? It was like a 400 calorie difference to someone who's younger. When you think that's someone in their 90s and it's only 400, that's not a lot of 400 in the grand scheme of things. That person's in their 90s anyway. Um, yeah. The issue actually is, so if I just kind of... If I actually look at what we normally see with older people, you've got to be careful because you do find there's a lot of people actually don't eat enough, especially protein. And as people get older, you find, gen- this is gen pop I'm talking about now, is people tend to get more sedentary. Mm. They don't eat as much, less protein, and then that's where we see the issues. You get very frail people who, you know, quality of life starts to go down a little bit. So even so, when you see the scary stuff about metabolism saying, oh, you need to watch out metabolism, you need to eat less, it's not that dramatic. So I'd rather you eat a little bit more then just stop eating, you know, start just basically people start cutting out all sorts of stuff to avoid any, because they don't want to get fat or whatever. It's like, well, do you want to have a better quality of life? You'd rather, if you're older, carry a little bit more timber, but be able to operate normally, go to the shops, walk, you know, go play with your grandkids or whatever, than, you know, 
be frail and you can't even stand up from your chair. I don't know your thoughts are on yeah. that, Tom, but I'd say I think I think that's something you do see quite often. Yeah, I think it's just ingrained in us. I mean, um, you know, like uh, with 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 my granddad later on in his life, like he's no longer with us, but like later on in his life, like when we knew he didn't have much longer left, we wasn't really worried about his metabolism. To be honest with yeah, you, exactly. just trying to let Why him in, uh, enjoy life. But in regards to the elderly, like um, it's not like we want you to be, you know, obese. But I think it does help to have some form of padding because it can be protective, as you said. Yeah. But obviously, that's to an extent. Mm. You know, we, 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 particularly if you you get to a point where you do need care as you become older and it becomes difficult for carers to kind of help you be mobile where you do need that help. So it's like we're saying, oh, yeah, it's become obese. But at the same time, it's like, oh, a bit of padding, yeah, not too bad. Yeah. You know, it's, it could be protective. Mm. But I mean, um, I think it was Stronger by Science posted like a really good infographic not so long ago. I think it was been like the past three, two years, mm. two or three years, where they actually showed like metabolic, uh, like whether metabolic rate dramatically declines. I think these are the numbers I'm talking about, to age. be fair. I think it's the one I'm talking yeah. about. It's quite small, isn't it? Ponsevet pon, pon, et al.? I think I think I was you know I mean let me pull this up because what's his name what's the Joe Rogan guy called pull 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 that funny only guys pull this up <laughs> oh Jamie yeah Jamie pull this up could just use my AI to do it but basically what it showed was that it's not a definite thing it's not like you know you're you're definitely your 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 metabolic rate is definitely going to drop as you age it's it's you know the the trigger's been pulled on that it's going to happen no matter what it actually showed quite a high variability. Yeah, so it was a very small drop, wasn't it? If we actually look at the... Yeah. Yeah, if you look, I mean, guys, I'll I'll link this in the show notes for you so you can get eyes on this, but... Yeah, beyond the age of 60, fat-free mass and total daily energy expenditure drop, but fat mass and percentage of body fat do not seem to increase. No. But obviously, remember the menopause concept I spoke about, guys. That's slightly yeah, different. Yeah. That's hormonal differences as opposed to um, energy expenditure values. That's, ex- energy expenditure is obviously very different. Okay, guys. I think what we'll do now is we'll move on to Arnold because this is this whole <laughs> segment supposed to be about Arnold. Yeah, this was the whole. This was the whole yeah. point of it, wasn't it? Yeah, we've kind of got. Yeah, we've gone full on into like age part two. <laughs> if Arnold was listening to this right now, which I'm assuming he's probably not, but if he was, he'd be like. What the fuck has this got to do with what I said? <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> he would be, wouldn't he? Like, what the fuck's going on, guys? Um, but no, basically, Arnold made a few comments and obviously men's health ran with it. So I'll read out a quote of what he said. So physically, you have to accept reality and do the best you can. It is always difficult to accept you are, aren't where you once were. Um, which I think, well, I'll pause there actually and we'll talk about that a little bit because I think that kind of echoes what we were just saying is that you have to accept... Yeah that things change, you know, things change in yeah. life. Um, you have to accept realities. I think that's really good. He's mentioned that there, like him, someone who's at his level as well, uh, you know, Mr. Olympia, absolute <laughs> Adonis mm. of a human being. And he's uh, he said that. Um, but now the next part is where things get a little bit more interesting, Tom. So I'll read out this next quote. I've chosen to adapt to my age, make my workouts a little bit different and focused on staying lean and avoiding injury. This is why I've moved away from free weights and stick to the workout machines. So my issue here is the language, Tom. It's essentially, yeah. you could imply, that's basically to me, in my person uh, point of view, he's implying that free weights are dangerous as you get older, which I mm. don't think is very true. Yeah, I don't think um, 
machines are inherently any safer than free weight movements. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not keen on the word in there either. Um, so at the same time, though, like even though my even though my bias and preference is free weights. I don't think it has to be like There's a crime machine. There's nothing. Else. I want yeah. to make this point clear. We're not saying that machines yeah. are completely bollocks. Like machine, if you feel safer using a machine, you know, by all means, if that makes you feel more yeah. comfortable to use equipment, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with using one. It's just the way he's kind of implying there that for some reason, someone who's he's used free weights his whole life, he's more than equipped to use them. He knows how to use them. Mm. Why would it be more dangerous all of a sudden? That's my only concern. Like at the same time, like um, when you are doing free weights. It's also like a it's it's a skill that you learn because a lot more there's there's a fair bit going on that you might not get of a machine yeah in the sense that there's a lot more skill there's a lot more technique involved whereas with a lot of machines it's uh, do it kind of for you almost well, don't it's they? exactly it's it's on the rails you know it's on a cable yeah. can't really go many other yeah. directions so I'm assuming it could be a bit more oh, I don't want to use this word when talking about Arnold but lower effort in the sense that it's easy just to get onto a leg press machine and do a back squat you know or a chest press machine then having that skill set of you know doing barbell bench press or you know doing like a squat with a barbell etc that's not a bad thing by the way um i i use them with my clients particularly yeah. if actually they're doing something that's at like a high rpe or we're going to failure where it's like we've no longer got to worry about the skill set of always oh, your is your technique and um, form efficient for what you're doing? And we're going to make sure we're not going to tilt over to the left or the right, etc. Mm. So, you know, with a leg press, we're just going to be going backwards and forwards. Like, unless you fold yourself up like a transformer, what's the worst that's going to happen with like a leg press, you know? So, okay, in that sense, it could be, a, it's just like you take someone brand new. I have no issue with taking brand new people, by the way, and putting them onto free weights. That is actually my fucking whole niche as a PT. You know, introducing them to free weight movements. However, I think it's a lot easier to grab someone off the street and say, "Yeah, here, here's a leg press machine. Okay, here's a shoulder press machine. Oh, here, here's a cable row." Then having to like well, teach them the nuances of, and the technique of like free weight movement kind of forces people to get into the right position as well. <clears throat> there's less likely. Yeah. There's le- they're less likely. They don't have to think about things like bracing as much. They don't have to think about you know any sort of movement anywhere else because the machine kind of fixes them into that position. Yeah, so it's kind of it yeah, exactly. Away. But all I'd say to that is yeah. my my look at this as well is we talk about I can't remember the actual terminology we use for this, but you know, like movement confidence as you get older. Yeah, yeah. With a free weight, I feel like you build that more. Whereas on a machine, it puts you in this little safe bubble. Whereas if you can get used to picking, you know, things up off the floor and you get used to move around with free weights, I feel like you've got more yeah. movement, more confidence in your. I don't know. There's a, there's a, there is a term for it, but you get what I'm trying to say, don't you? Yeah, it's kind of like your proprioception of that movement yeah, in particular. Yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah. Whereas if you use a machine, yeah. it kind of puts you in this little safety bubble almost, um, yeah. as opposed to doing it with a free weight. It's fucking. I, I fucking know the word you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, now. There is, I, I know term, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I just yeah, cannot. I can't fucking think. Yeah. Of it. Hopefully, someone out there is probably screaming it through their fucking their speakers. Yeah, like going, those, you know, where you have like that, that mechanical efficiency, those yeah. motor skills, where you're yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, but that, that's what I'd say about free weights and all I'd say is don't fear them I know it's Arnold and yeah. people might be like but what do you fucking know Arnold's a Mr Olympia doesn't mean he knows what he's fucking talking about all the time but but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, no, I love Arnold but <laughs> I mean he's great and uh, you know yeah. fantastic I mean it could be like, obviously once again as he has got older he's got more responsibilities he's no longer just governor of California a, at one point gym rat anymore he was the governor yeah. of California yeah. etc etc et yeah. 
It's one of those things where maybe he doesn't train as much as he used to before. Um, so, you know, it's a lot easier for him to just kind of get on a machine. I mean, you, say, you say that, Tom. He, um, there's another point he made here, which is actually good. Another, I mean, overall, he has made some good points. Overall, he's been very positive about it. But he, um, he said he still trains every day. Um, so the quote oh, really? is, yeah, so today, even though my body won't react the way it did 50 years ago, I can maintain as much as I can and it brings me great joy. So he always talked about how much he loves the gym. So he still goes every yeah. day. Obviously, that does not mean he's smashing himself into oblivion every day. And also, you have to remember, he's adapted to high loads because he has spent his whole year smashing his body to get yeah. to enormous size. Fair so he is he's, he's in a position where he can do that, okay? But um, as he's made, he basically echoes stuff we've said. You've got to accept reality, manage expectations, yeah. but use it or lose it. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't use it, it will go. So overall, the the message is positive overall. Yeah, the, yeah overall it's positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only we, we had to find one little thing to pick into it. You know, I thought this can't the be only nuance is, you know, yeah. is that I would say that you know it's not inherently bad if you want to do free weights as a elderly person. You know, I mean, there's grandmas doing deadlifts out there, which is Mate, awesome. Some of the elderly people who come to my CrossFit gym and are doing like cleans and snatches. Do you know what I mean? Two of the most technical movements, and they're doing that in the gym. I mean, they're an elderly population. Dare I say it? Some free weight movements, notice I said some, might mm. be more functional. Yeah, oh, I know. Hello, Tom. You know, for the yeah. elderly, as I know, how fucking controversial is that compared to using machines? Now, functional is obviously subjective. It depends on the task you're actually trying to be functional at. But when you think of something like a deadlift, where you're picking something off the floor. Farmers carry. You know, a farmer's carry, exactly yeah. that. Get your shop in, Tesco. And having that proprioception of something that is free in your hand where there's a lot more wiggle room requires a lot more stabilisation. Which is more like how it would be in life, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, putting things up into the cupboard and stuff. Yeah. Where there is a little bit more wobble compared to being locked into a machine. Before we move on to the final piece of news guys we are going to go into a of course a patreon shout out so last week ai tom was kind enough to give it to to give it to you he obviously got most of it wrong tom i don't know if you heard it but basically when i got ai tom to do the uh, patreon shout out he he got it all wrong and started saying that we offered merch that we offered like quizzes oh, and I was like, monthly he said we got monthly quizzes i was like what do you mean monthly quizzes <laughs> we don't remember giving a monthly quiz basically what he's done is he's looked he's looked and he's looked at like a database that says what what's common that patreons offer and he's basically just banged that and said, we offer it. <laughs> and I was like, for fuck's sake. basically mate. thrown us under the bus and said, look, these guys are yeah. shit. Everyone else offers this. Yeah, offers know? all this bollocks. And yeah, these like, two pair of twats are offering, you yeah. know. What do we offer? Just, I don't know. What do we offer? What, what, it's a great... Yeah, we you've we, asked we it's a great are question. the gift. Yeah, we are the gift. It's like, yeah, We it's, are the gift. It's a warm, fuzzy feeling that, you know, we get to continue doing you know, this podcast. It's like only fans. The idea that you have contributed to me, you know. Only fans. Yeah. That you've had my attention for a fleeting moment has given you that dopamine release. Jokes aside, you do actually get some you get some stuff. Behind the scenes is the most common one. We normally have behind the scenes in every episode, which we throw on there in video format, which is quite nice. The one last week was quite good because I showed you how I did AI Tom, um, which is quite exciting. Um, <laughs> and then we always we have our, we put other little things on there. You get the podcast early as well most weeks, so it normally goes up. This comes out on Mondays, whereas you'll normally get it on the Friday or the Saturday normally. So if you get bored over the weekend, you can listen to us chatting shit and getting fit, which is quite nice. Uh, but yeah, it's just a nice little way to support us. Um, obviously, we've got to give a bit of special shout out to the producers of the society, uh, Big Jenny and Clean. Thank you very much. And of course, all the other ones as well, you foot soldiers out there, you know who you are. 
the uh, mm-hmm. the base. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to come join us on the Patreon, or we call it the Society, um, if you know, you know, because we do indeed live in a society, it's uh, patreon.com slash podcast, and there's also a link down in the show notes. Um, I mean, AI Tom, actually, you know, I'll ask AI Tom, have you got anything you want to say? Because you, you did a pretty poor job last week. Is there anything you want to add? Sorry, Bill, I'm busy wanking. Tom's internet history is fucking wild. But yeah, sign up to the Patreon. That wasn't even the AI, that was actually me. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely killed me that. <laughs> He's busy wanking. Oh, God. I can't eh? wank in here. There's not enough privacy. Not with these curtains. <laughs> <laughs> not those curtains, yeah. Imagine that. We just at the window and you just see me. <laughs> I'm, I'm more curious to know what, uh, what's in your internet history that's so wild uh, let's have a look let's have a look what's, what's AI Tom wanking over because he's obviously too busy a lot to... of it is just Google Sheets from my programming to be honest with you maybe, or maybe you just do that excited about your Google Sheets um, well it's how nerdy I am effects of super physiological doses of testosterone oh my god oh, my emails on that one day uh, oh watch free South Park episodes yep yeah, that was me torrenting stuff <laughs> Uh, for some reason I was looking at creative calf exercises I don't remember doing that but that was last night apparently oh wow 25 fresh means of the dankest kind uh, oh Joe I have got a lot of slow cooking recipes on here mm. and uh, for whatever reason I was actually on Twitch oh right how exciting on the ASMR threads yeah. oh nice get a bit of relaxed maybe ranking over that <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> it is Freaky shit on there, man. Yeah, okay, I'm not surprised. There's actually people that have like a... <sighs> God, it's kind of I'm saying this. Ear attachments that go onto the microphone. Oh, yeah, I know, People yeah, just yeah. lick the ears. You yeah, know, yeah. do you? Yeah. <laughs> sick freaks. No, I, I don't fucking watch it. That's actually one... I actually like ASMR in general, but that stuff is... um The licking, I can't do... I can't deal with that. It's way too... Do you know what? There was actually an ASMR guy that popped up on my Instagram not so long ago, and it's a guy that just sizzle, <laughs> He sizzles steaks. Oh, really? He just sizzles steaks all day long. Lovely. Sounds yeah. very nice. No, no porn. No, but no, that's what I wanted to know. Thanks, uh, thanks for that. Uh, anyway, yeah, Patreon <laughs> um, link down below. Get involved. So, guys, we'll move on to the we'll move on to the final piece of news now. And speaking of testosterone, we are talking about Tongkat Ali. Does it boost testosterone? So, before we get into this particular supplement, if you want to call it that, um, if you are concerned about your testosterone, the important thing to do is to go and see your doctor about a test first. Okay, before you start fucking around with any of this stuff. Um, there's a few symptoms here that could indicate low testosterone, and that could be things like low sex drive, erectile dysfunction, muscle loss, depression, and low energy. Not, not all together. I mean, it could be just one of them. It doesn't have to be all. You'd have to have like an absolute, like all of them together. That'd be a nightmare. But just because you have one of these does not mean you have low testosterone. Just want to make that clear as well, right? If you suddenly got low energy, it doesn't mean you're, you know, you need to like start smashing, tier, you know, testosterone supplements. Um, there are natural ways though to keep your testosterone in check uh, and generally though it's just living a healthy lifestyle there's no like magic nothing magical it's just all you know it's kind of just being healthy individual essentially yeah. so things like managing stress working out regularly eating more nutrient dense foods um, getting on top of sleep so in terms of like your quality and your duration um, and losing weight if you need to do so so if you are like obese losing weight can help so it's just basically normal recommendations you give to anyone who wants to be more healthy i suppose isn't it it's nothing magic once there's anything there that is untoward or anything you've not heard of, but these things can help keep your testosterone at help you know yeah. normal levels. 
I mean, yeah, it can drop, but if it's something that you are concerned about, then that is something you want to go and talk to your doctor about. Um, I mean, look, the fitness industry is predatory in nature anyway, but when it comes to supplements, one of the more predatory supplements does tend to be test boosters. Yeah, fucking hell, mate. If you've seen these as yeah. well, like if I, it's funny to say that because I looked online, um, I mean, there is stuff you can take to boost testosterone. I'm not saying there's nothing that does it, but we're not. We're talking about off the shelf. I mean, testosterone is a good way to boost your testosterone. Yeah, that, that <laughs> but I actually found a paper, Tom, that um, analysed some popular online testosterone boosters and their individual ingredients. I actually looked at the individual stuff and mm. found what they had, um, <laughs> and it found basically that a lot of them, you know, didn't even list individual ingredients to begin with which was concerning. Um, and overall, they found there was no definitive findings on eff- efficacy of any of these products. So basically, they were just, they did nothing, essentially. Didn't do much at all. Just, it was basically containers that said test boost and it had loads of random ingredients and it all sounded quite interesting or didn't even list them sometimes. Uh, they just found it didn't do anything. Obviously, we won't get into all of that, um, all of those today and that sort of, that world because um, we're focusing on one of them today, which is a new Southeast Asian med- uh, medicinal plant called tong cat i think it's tong cat ali um, yeah. been popping up quite a bit though and there's quite a lot or i mean there's a lot of supposed effects of it but we are obviously going to be focusing on testosterone today um so don't go around and say, oh, but if don't you know don't start sending us emails or kicking off whatever saying oh but it fucking does this it does that yeah. I, I don't care we're talking about testosterone so right this so this is in the context of does it do anything for your testosterone production i'll, I'll start up on some I'll start with some context on testosterone. Okay, so um, there was one paper that looked at jabbing your ass with 600 milligrams of testosterone and they, uh, N-athate, is that how you pronounce it? Enathate? I'm going to say enathate. Enanthate. <laughs> testosterone enanthate. It basically, well, it's an anabolic steroid. I don't know why, I'm just, I, don't know why I spent so much time trying to say that. It's an, basically 600 milligrams of an anabolic, anabolic steroid. Um, and their numbers... Did you say were, 600 milligrams? Yes. Who's the author of this paper? Uh, why? Because I'm wondering if this is the one that keeps on getting me into shit on Instagram. The author of this paper. Oh, fucking, there's loads of it in there. Uh, Bassin. Yeah. Is that the one? We're about to get shadow banned, boys. We're about to get shadow banned? <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, it, the one I'm looking at now is quoted quite often when it comes to the yeah, effects okay. of testosterone on men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is pretty fucking mega the results their numbers went from 630 nanograms per deciliter to a whopping 2370 nanograms per deciliter of testosterone and that basically is a lot and that is why when people take anabolic steroids yeah. funny that isn't it they see you see mass fucking growth and they, they become fucking monsters very quickly from the same all for this paper i'm looking at like this is as i said this is my go-to like just to explain to people like the difference yeah. testosterone can have yeah and uh, like in this one, they had like four different groups. So one of them was like, yeah, like people who didn't train but took it, mm. people that took it and trained. Fucking, what was the other groups then on? Oh, and that's it. Yeah, there was a in the other groups. It was yeah, just people who didn't exercise, and then people that exercised but without the testosterone, and that actually showed that the people who took testosterone but did no training whatsoever they actually fucking put on more muscle than the group that was actually training. Training, really? You know, they were actually training. These are oh. people that were just sedentary. It's fucking insane. Oh, I not Absolutely insane. So we've obviously highlighted there that the power of testosterone, especially in anabolic steroid context, is, is huge. So if we now look at Tongat Ali, which is supposed to be a natural 
testosterone booster. Um, now, there are a few articles getting a hard on over this, and there's even people on podcasts I've seen who are like, this is a fucking new thing, it's amazing. Fucking Tonga Ali comes out of Asia, it's going to do whatever. Okay, Bear so- in mind, we've already seen the results of what testosterone by itself can actually do. Right, so if I read it... <laughs> But you know, first of all, I'll do Tom is I'll read out this um, extract from examine.com. Um, examine.com is a basically it's a quite a big. Um, they basically go through paper. They're quite a good source, essentially. Um, but I'll go through. This. So they didn't. Look, there's one paper they didn't look at, which I'm going to talk about though. Um, so I'll read this extract out on the testosterone side of things. The literature appears to be needlessly promising. No peer-reviewed evidence currently establishes. Um, they've called it fucking what the urecoma. Uh, there's basically another. You know, more sciencey way of saying Tonga Ali as a testosterone booster in otherwise healthy persons or rats. But many studies are quick to cite presentations by an MI Tambi claiming these boosts in testosterone. None of Dr. Tambi's research presented in conferences appears to be indexed in medicine, and the claims expressed cannot be proven. So essentially, this Tambi guy is banging around in you know, as it said, conferences saying making all these big and wild claims about Tonga Ali, but none of it can be proven. Okay, yeah. and that's what they mean by needlessly promising. Um, and the key, another key term you might pick up on is healthy persons, because if you've got low testosterone, as we'll come on to, there might be some you know things that might help with balance it out. But if you're healthy testosterone, you're not going to see those boosts to fucking two thousand three hundred seventy. That's for sure. But there was one paper that examine hadn't got hold of yet, and that's because it's a bit more recent. Um, they obviously can't keep constantly keep mm. up to date. Um, and it is called Urecoma longifolia, or Jack as they called it, improves serum total testosterone in men. Once again, I'll a men. So this is, you know, if you're a woman listening, this paper won't apply to you, you could say. Um, it's a systematic review and major analysis of clinical trials. So this paper identified 521 studies. So quite a lot. But if you know, major analysis, systematic review, they screen them and they remove things. So they were removing things like duplicates, animal studies they get rid of, in vitro studies. So in a, like a little petri dish in a lab. Um, and they were only left with nine studies. And that was nine in the systematic review. And then they only had five in the major analysis. Now, the reason that four dropped off, if you're interested, you might be thinking, oh, nine in the systematic. Why is there only five in the major analysis? Well, the reason that four dropped off is because two of them didn't have a control group, which is pretty important to have. If you haven't got a control group, it's pretty fucking like, you're just like- Mickey Mouse. Yeah, yeah pretty Mickey Mouse. And two, didn't have a standard deviation for testosterone results. Okay, so it was like basically the way they were testing it, the the- the outcome wasn't as clear. Um, mm. I mean, one article on this, which is fucking ridiculous. One article I read on this said they had nine high-quality studies. Um, but if you actually look on close inspection, one of the studies... I mean, for, for example, two of them have a control group, so they're not fucking high-quality, I wouldn't say. And one of them had high bias, like really high bias in comparison to the rest. So that's not high-quality. So nice. the fact that there's, that there's articles coming out saying there's nine high-quality studies in this uh, review, or this research paper, sorry, is once again just classic media blowing things out of proportion because mm. um, I won't say that all, they're all high quality. There's also the issue that the analysis that was based on the five studies showed quite a bit of heterogeneity, so variability in terms of study design, the population that was included, um, things like dosage, length of treatment, those limited samples. So basically it was very fucking varied, which doesn't help. Um, if we forget all that though, and we look at the, like, the, the results, the stuff you want to know about this Tonga Ali, in terms of increases, we are seeing as little as around a 30 point increase in testosterone and some data reported increases of you know 30 to 50%. So depending on your baseline, it could be 150 to 300 points. So what we're not saying is that it's doing nothing. 
there is a potential suggestion here that it's going up a bit. But if we go back to what I said about the anabolic steroid going from 630 to 2370, we're talking about going from 630 to potentially 660, maybe going up to 7800. So you can see there is not anything that's going to do anything mad, is basically what I'm saying. Would you, I mean, would you, would you add anything to that? Is there anything, anything else to really add on? It's pretty underwhelming, if we're being honest. I mean, look, even if we look at um, face value at examine, all the grades for the studies are like C's and D's. Yeah, they're all pretty low, aren't they? It's not. And I know obviously positive. that's looking at things other than testosterone. So probably I'm assuming like the things that are C's, where it actually says here, it's more things like stress, etc. So when it all comes to testosterone. That, thing is that all links to testosterone, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now here's the kicker uh, from me on Tonka Alley, and that is most supplements, even if I disagree that they actually you know do anything. I would still say, but if you want to take it, go for it. There's no harm in it. You know, I don't think it really serves much of a purpose or has like a massive noticeable effect or that's worth your money. But if you want to take it, crack on. You know, it's a free country, do what you want. I wouldn't actually say that with Tonka Alley. I'd actually go against that. There's actually studies out there to show that actually a fair amount of them are actually contaminated with heavy metals. Oh, I fucking saw this. Yeah, yeah, I saw so, this. Yeah, yeah. funny enough, um, a lot of the studies on Tonka Alley, Walton, he tipped over my chair there. <laughs> um, a lot of the studies on Tonka Alley are done by the same author, which is, I can't pronounce it, um, Ang, H-H, H-H Ang. And, and one of those, and one of the studies from this author. So a lot of these, a lot of, Tonka Alley basically comes from countries like Malaysia, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it's sourced from Malaysia. So what they actually did was they actually took a total of 100 products of Tonka Alley. And out of those 100 products, 26% of the products were over the dosage for what is allowed with heavy metals for mercury. Mm, yeah. So out of 100 products, 26% were contaminated with heavy metals. Mm. So, okay, considering that, you know, I don't really think that evidence suggests that it does anything hugely beneficial for testosterone or anything else for that matter what's up you what's know, nothing at all is it but there is a big risk, risk. or a significant risk, reward, risk. yeah risk reward. yeah or but there is a significant risk for heavy metal contamination i would actually say uh, actively avoid the supplement avoid it yeah yeah and it's yeah. very rare that i would say that because you know things like bcaa's i'll be like yeah i don't think they do much but if you want to take it go mm. for it i'll say that for anything else you know but um, Tonka Alley, yeah, I'd say actively avoid it. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely slipped my mind actually um, about the the contamination. I did see that. So essentially, what we're trying to say is is we're not saying it does nothing. So you know, don't come at us and straw yeah, us. It might oh, potentially yeah, but, poison you. But it might it might <laughs> fucking poison. Exactly, it might actually fucking poison you. Um, and if you're taking it with the expectations of it being like a steroid, but legal. We showed you the numbers there. There's the sort of levels that you can expect if you take something like an anabolic steroid compared to something like Tonga Alley, which might do a little bit. And if you're if your testosterone's at healthy levels, mm. what why why are you taking it? I mean, that little tiny boost is not going to do anything meaningful. You're not going to notice anything with that tiny boost. And it's natural. And it's natural. <laughs> Pill to it's a herb. A yeah. wizard used it, you know. <laughs> wizard used it. Yeah. So it's like, do you even know why you want to be taking, you know, XYZ in the first place? I heard it had heavy doses of mercury in it. Yeah. Yeah. Firstly, go get a fucking, just go get a blood test. 
go to go get a blood test and see what your testosterone is if you are concerned about being low if you are concerned if you are genuinely concerned about your testosterone levels go get it tested um, and if they are actually low then there'll, there'll, be, there'll be there's stuff that can help with that. Take 600 milligrams of testosterone like a real man. <laughs> like a real man, yeah. <laughs> because studies it. do show yeah, there's a significant improvement in your uh, yeah. performance. Yeah, fucking too right there is. That's what it's banned. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. <clears throat> in terms of... <clears throat> fucking hell, excuse me. In terms of um, Tonka Alley, yeah, my conclusion is, especially with the heavy metal contamination risk, where's a roared? Fuck it off. Don't even bother. Another thing to clarify <clears throat> is in that paper a fair amount of them were actually not even registered with the Drug Control Authority. So actually, it's pretty poorly regulated, which probably explains the heavy metal contents. Okay, that is all the news this week, guys. I hope you've enjoyed having Tom back. It's been nice, isn't it? Hearing another human voice. Hearing a t- Tom with emotion, because although AI Tom does sound very much like you, the emotion is lacking. That's for sure. Where are you going? Yeah, but can AI do this? Where we go. Oh, fuck that up, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hello. There you go. For those who couldn't see, Tom just pulled out his electric guitar, <laughs> which oh, means you forgot. couldn't hear it. Yeah, we're on a fucking podcast and no one can hear it, can <laughs> yeah, they? No one saw that. Yeah, so he pulled out his guitar and Not gave it a little strum. In. Got the little whammy bar out, gave it a little wang-a-twang. Very exciting. A wang and a twang. A wang and a twang. Much like your AI's doing right now, looking at your internet history. <laughs> I was trying to look for a prop that I could have used instead of the guitar, but I can't find What's anything. What's a wang? To, to wank with you're going to join the AI hope not you know I've got I've, I've got a hole puncture it'd be very difficult to oh, make it yeah. work yeah I can know anyway um, as I said that is all the uh, news of the week guys if you are enjoying the fitness news maybe you could do us a favour and after this is finished so whatever you've done you know whatever you, when you finish driving or maybe I was listening to this on a walk once the podcast is over so we have stopped you know we've shut up basically share this on a form of social media whatever that decides you know whatever whatever you're using give it a share maybe put something like hey guys check out this awesome super turbocharged mental wicked fitness news podcast something like that basically maybe not that dramatic mm. basically just give it a share let people know you enjoy it and that will um, yeah will be doing us a big favor really appreciate it but apart from that is there anything you want to say tom before we round out this week um no okay <laughs> It's been, a, it's been a pleasure as always. <laughs> and we will see you next week, same time, same place, for some more fitness news. See you soon. Bye. See you next week, guys. <laughs> but which one's the real me? Who knows? Oh, da, 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 da. If we were both in the same room, you wouldn't know which one to shoot. Find out next week which one was the real Tom. <laughs> there you go. You got the right one in the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Bye.